Hey everybody, this is Omar Miranda with this week's What's Your Problem? We are recording, coming to you lot, I say we, my phone and I, uh, and my various and sundry books. Uh, we are coming to you live from my dining room table. I am uh, overlooking the amazing uh, front yard and uh, I had really been thinking and praying a lot about uh, what God wanted me to um, talk about this week. And um, I was, I guess, uh, just as shocked as you were on Easter Sunday to hear about almost those 300 people that were gunned down um, in their, uh, in their, uh, synagogue, not synagogue, in their church. They were worshiping and people came in and basically blew themselves up. They focused on Christians um, and uh, in, in a country where Christians are about 7% of the population. Um, and it just, I don't know, it really made no sense to me. And, and I got to thinking and I was praying about all these different things uh, about why people do what they do. And, and I really, I kind of came up, and it sounds like an absolute silly response, but I came up with the easy answer. And the easy answer is, um, like what people say here in the South, <laughs> when somebody sees somebody doing something silly, they say, man, you, you need some Jesus. Man, you need Jesus. Um, and uh, or, or they'll say, Man, they ain't right. <laughs> and so basically that means that means that um, people's reactions to life, people's responses to life, they're, they're responding like somebody would who doesn't know Jesus. Not just who doesn't know Jesus, but who doesn't allow Jesus to, to kind of live their life out through them. And so today I want to talk to you about my blue sweater. I am holding my blue sweater that was given to me by my uh, late father-in-law. Um, it's a lovely Bill Blass, B-L-A-S-S, Bill Blass sleepwear sweater. It's super comfy, and it is ragged. No, actually, I'm being nice. Um, it's more than ragged. It is uh, just broke down uh, the the... The sleeves about two, three weeks ago uh, came off. Um, and so it's just, I look like a homeless waif from Charles Dickens. Do you have any food, sir? Any food? Uh, and the collar on it is like falling apart. And the where there should be the front buttons there are falling apart. They're raggedy. It's got food stains on it. It's got a 50 cent price tag on it, and the left elbow is totally worn, but it is the most comfortable thing in the world, and I am like a ghetto Puerto Rican Mr. Rogers. I used to watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you know, won't you be my neighbor? Please watch, that kind of sounded like Ronald Reagan, please won't you be my neighbor, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, 
on his on his show on his PBS show, he would come home and he would change out of his shirt, out of his jacket, onto his little cardigan, and he would he would take his um, his work shoes off and he would put his his house shoes on, and um, I come home and I put the sweater on. Doesn't matter whether it's uh, summer, winter, spring, or fall, and I wear it. For two reasons: number one, because it makes me feel comfortable, and I'm and I want to be comfortable in my home. And number two, because my wife and children typically like to keep the house frigid. Uh, and um, I, frigid to me is like sixty-eight degrees. Um, so don't 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 hate, don't judge. Um, but today I want to talk with you about how you and me, how all of us, how those people who bombed and killed all those people um, in that country. Last Sunday, um, eight days ago, were like that that sweater. They were raggedy, broke down, jacked up, rusty, musty, crusty. Uh, I can't think of any other usty words. Dusty. Uh, Thank you. That was my daughter um, who decided to chime in. And so I wanted to talk with you today about what the Bible says. There's only two verses um, of Scripture that I wanted to share with you. And I wanted to share them with you um, because if, if, if we can get our minds wrapped around these two verses of Scripture and a, a quote from a wonderful little book, um, if we can get our minds wrapped around these principles, uh, I think our lives would be much better and we would stop being rusty, crusty, musty, dusty, and musty. We would be new and pristine and beautiful and perfect in Christ. So, the first thing I want to share with you is uh, the Apostle Paul. We've talked about the Apostle Paul. Listen to what he wrote in the book of Romans. This is found in the Christian New Testament Bible. Romans chapter 13, he writes this, uh, chapter 13, verse 11. I'm reading out of the contemporary English version. Uh, he writes, um, no, I'm sorry, verse 11. Yeah, chapter 13, verse 11. You know what, what sort of times we live in, and so you should live properly. It is time to wake up. You know that the day when we will be saved is nearer now than when we first put our faith in the Lord. Night is almost over and day will soon appear. We must stop behaving as people do in the dark and be ready to live in the light. So behave properly as people do in the day. Don't go to wild parties or get drunk or be vulgar or indecent. Don't quarrel or be jealous. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be as near to you as the clothes you wear then you won't try to satisfy your selfish desires. I thought that was really interesting. Paul is writing to Christians. He's writing to other Christians. And, you know, the people who killed all these Christians in, I want to say it was Bangladesh, but I, I might be wrong. I think it was Bangladesh um, who killed all these Christians. Um, they were religious people. These were people who thought they were doing the right thing. Um but they didn't put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying if you don't kill people, then you have the Lord Jesus Christ on you. Notice what Paul Salk talks about. He talks about um, uh, don't be vulgar, don't be indecent, don't quarrel, don't fight, don't be jealous. Uh, so you don't have to, you know, uh, go to orgies or anything like that and say, oh, I don't go to orgies, I'm fine. No, 
He's saying that you should take the opportunity to really stop and think about who you are in light of who Jesus is. And uh, like my daddy always said, if you know better, you should do better. If there's something that you should that you know you shouldn't be doing and you, you're doing it, stop. If there's something that you're not doing that you should be doing, start doing it. Uh, let's see what, what Paul has to say in the New International Version. Listen to this says. This is the New International Version, the same passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery. Not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. My wife and my daughter and my son have all pleaded with me. Please, please, please. For years they have wanted to get me for Father's Day, for my birthday, for Christmas, um, uh, Groundhog's Day. Uh, red flag day, pie day, whatever special occasion, no special occasion, they want me to give up my sweater. I refuse. However, my wife, I've noticed that she's kind of slick. And so what she will do is she will buy me something new and she will put it right beside the old broke down, jacked up thing. And all of a sudden, when I look at that new thing and I try the new one on, it it kind of blows my mind because you know you I forget what the old broke down jacked up thing is and I I end up liking the new thing and I think with many of us as Christians in our lives we end up um, not not being courageous enough to step forward and live a godly life live a life that's righteous and holy because we're comfortable with uh, with the sin that we're in. We're comfortable with the evil and the debauchery and with the not okayness that we know. And instead of taking a step forward and moving into that undiscovered country of holiness and spirituality, uh, we're, we're fearful. We don't know. But once we, uh, once we start moving in that direction and we get a taste for it, um, it's pretty amazing. And we start learning how to put on Christ. Um, I'm going to read you a, a passage from from one of my all-time favorite books in a minute here. I want to read you this next passage here, this last passage here. This is in by the same person, Paul, the apostle Paul. He's writing to the Christians in in uh and uh he's writing to the Christians in Colossae uh and this is the book of Colossians and the New Testament, the uh contemporary English version, Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1, you have been raised to life with Christ. Now set your heart on what is in heaven, where Christ rules at God's right side. Think about what is up there, not about what is here on earth. You died, which means that your life is hidden with Christ, who sits beside God. Christ gives meaning to your life, and when he appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I think it's pretty interesting that he says that you died with Christ and Christ, your life is hidden 
in Christ. In other words, um, you have, if you've put on Christ, when people uh, look at you, they don't see you, they see Jesus, the Jesus that you are wearing, the God in your bod. <laughs> see what I did there? That's pretty good. All right, moving on. All right, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Again, this is out of the New International Version. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its, new, with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, ouch, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as Christ's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave, and over all these virtues, virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do... Whatever, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Isn't that beautiful? Paul, time and time, I counted four times where he talked about clothing ourselves with Christ, putting on Christ, uh, hiding ourselves in Christ. This is an active thing that you can do. Here's the principle. Don't miss it. God would not tell us to do something if he wouldn't give us the power to do it. God is not a liar. You, you say, hey, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Well, you're absolutely right. You by yourself, you cannot do that. And in fact, I want to read to you that that was the first thing that I thought and felt when I read that passage of scripture so many years ago. I'm reading to you out of, the, uh, I'm going to share uh, a couple of paragraphs out of a book called Steps to Christ by a lady named Ellen G. White, the little old white lady. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Ellen G. White, chapter 5. This is chapter 5, consecration, which is an old-fashioned word that means total and 100% focus on God. Consecration. Listen to what she says. She says, The warfare against self is the greatest battle that was ever fought. The yielding of self, surrendering all to the will of God, requires a struggle, but the soul must submit to God before it can be renewed in holiness. That's page 27. Isn't that interesting? Listen to what she says in page 28. In giving ourselves to God, we must necessarily give up all that would separate us from Him. Whatever shall draw away the heart from God must be given up. 
We cannot be half the Lord's and half the world's. We are not God's children unless we are such entirely. That is a... That's pretty straightforward. Um, every single t- every single time I read this book, no matter how many times I've read it, uh, it makes me feel uncomfortable, makes me shift in my seat because she doesn't mince words. Uh, listen to what she says in the bottom of page 28. Those who feel the constraining love of God do not ask how little may be given to meet the requirements of God. They do not ask for the lowest standard, but aim at perfect conformity to the will of their Redeemer. With earnest desire, they yield all and manifest an interest proportionate to the value of the object which they seek. A profession of Christ without this deep love is mere talk, dry formality, and heavy drudgery. Verse uh, chapter or Page 29. Boy, I get so excited I can't even talk right. Page 29. Listen to what she says here. But what do we give up when we give up? Christ all. A sin-polluted heart for Jesus to purify, to cleanse by his own blood, and to save by his matchless love. And yet men think it hard to give up all. I am ashamed to hear it spoken of, ashamed to write it. God does not require us to give up anything that it is for our best interest to retain. In all that he does, he has the well-being of his children in view, would that all who have not chosen Christ might realize that he was some, that he has something vastly better to offer them than they are seeking for themselves. Man is doing the greatest injury and injustice to his own soul when he thinks and acts contrary to the will of God. No real joy can be found in the path forbidden by him who knows what is best and who plans for the good of his creatures. The path of transgression is the path of misery and destruction. Ouch. Page 30. This is my jam. This right here, I've got, I don't know if you, I wish you could see this. I don't know if you could hear me. I'm turning these pages here. Page 30 is underlined and starred and asterisked. This, this is what she writes in the second paragraph of page 30. Many are inquiring, and it's likely you're inquiring too. How? How am I to make the surrender of myself to God? You desire to give yourself to him, but you are weak in moral power, in slavery to doubt, and controlled by the habits of your life of sin. Your promises and resolutions are like ropes of sand. You cannot control your thoughts, your impulses, your affections. The knowledge of your broken promises and forfeited pledges weakens your confidence in your own sincerity and causes you to feel that God cannot accept you, but you need not despair. What you need to understand is the true force of the will. This is the governing power in the nature of man, the power of decision or of choice. Everything depends on the right action of the will. I'm going to say that again. Everything depends on the right action of the will. The power of choice God has given to men, it is theirs to exercise. You cannot change your heart. You cannot of yourself give to God its affections, but you can choose to serve him. I'm going to read that again. But you can choose to serve him. You can give him your will. He will then work in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Thus your whole nature will be brought under the control of the Spirit of Christ. Your affections will be centered upon him. Your thoughts will be in harmony with him. Desires for goodness and holiness are right as far as they go. But if you stop here, 
they will avail nothing. Many will be lost while hoping and desiring to be Christians. They do not come to the point of yielding the will to God. They do not now choose to be Christians. Through the right exercise of the will, an entire change may be made in your life. By yielding up your will to Christ, you ally yourself with the power that is above all principalities and powers. You will have strength from above to hold you steadfast, and thus, through constant surrender to God, you will be enabled to live the new life, even the life of faith. That was Steps to Christ, chapter 5, page 31. So, isn't that powerful? So, here, here's the question. How do you give God your will? Right? How do you give God your will? All right, you ready? This is what I figured out in my many, many years of life. I figured out much. I figured out that everybody dies. I figured out that if you don't pay taxes, the IRS is going to come get you. I figured out that if you wait too long to answer your wife's question, when she asks you a question, you're going to get in trouble. I figured out that no matter how much money you give your kids, they always want more. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at my daughter while I'm looking at that while I'm saying that. Here's what I figured out. You ready? First thing in the morning, when you open your eyes, here's what you say to God. I'm going to tell you what I say to God. God, thank you for waking me up this morning. I want to want to obey. I know. Your mind was just blown. That comes directly out of what Ellen White says in in Steps to Christ. I'm going to say it again. God, I want to want to obey. See, in that phrase, I recognize that my own weakness, I recognize that I can want all day long to do the right thing, to say the right thing, to think the right thing, to post the right thing, to watch the right thing, to eat the right thing. But if I don't give God permission to rule me and take me over, then if I don't consciously, constantly, consistently, purposely do that, then guess who has control? That's right. Omar. And I'm a hot mess. And if Omar doesn't have control, Satan has control. So the bottom line is, First thing in the morning, when your eyes open up from that pillow, you tell God the truth. Look, God, I am a gutter-crawling, commode-hugging, knuckle-dragging sinner, and I want to do the right thing, but I know I'm going to fail. I want you to live your life through me. Lord, I give myself to your Holy Spirit. Come to me, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Tell me. Help me to be aware and listen to you and to obey you. And guess what? God may bring that to your mind a couple times a day. You say it to him as many times as you need to. The fact is, you cannot do anything yourself. Everybody talks about the self-esteem movement, how, you know, uh, me, 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 what the mind can achieve, the mind can conceive, what the mind can conceive, the mind can achieve. It's all about me. Secular humanism, me, me, me. You know, human beings, the older they get, the, the more humanity uh, moves forward, uh, the better we get. Eh, wrong. Judges, eh, wrong. 
the, the fact is, the longer we live, the worse we get as humans. Our only salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ and in him, him filling us and us putting on Christ and getting rid of the old, rusty, musty, dusty, crusty, dingy clothes that are us and putting on Christ. So, I hope you learned something today uh, from the two passages of Scripture. I'll post those uh, on the description uh, and the one passage I read from the, from Ellen G. White's wonderful book, Steps to Christ. By the way, you can find that 100% for free. And if you're not a big reader, you can find the audiobook for free. This All this is online. If you write me, Omar Miranda, O-M-A-R-M-I-R-A-N-D-A at Comcast, C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot net, I will send you a copy of Steps to Christ. You won't have to pay one red cent for it. I will send it to you for free. But you got to promise to read it and then you got to promise to write me back and tell me what you think. Listen, if you have an idea uh, for a topic, if you like this topic, if you don't like the topic, if you have questions, if you have answers, I need some answers. Write me, please. This is Omar Miranda with this week's What's Your Problem? Like my mama always says, love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And listen, He's always watching. Stay pure. Make good choices. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.